Well, as I mentioned earlier, today is what we call New Life Sunday here at our church. And we call it New Life Sunday because we're celebrating individuals who have found new life in Jesus Christ. We often say amen to that. We often say around here that Jesus is in the business of changing lives. Jesus, the resurrected king, loves to resurrect uh, people like you and me. And this is such an exciting time of the year for us at our church. We just got done celebrating Easter Sunday, and we always follow Easter Sunday up with New Life Sunday. So it's just an exciting time. And on Easter, what we did is we celebrated the fact that Jesus, in his life, and in his death, and in his resurrection, he has conquered sin. It's amazing to think that in Jesus' life, not once did he ever do anything wrong. Not once did he make a mistake. Not once did he fail to love God the Father with all of his heart, soul, mind, and strength. Not once did he fail to love his neighbor as himself. He was flawless in thought, word, and deed. And here's the thing, and we talked about this on Easter Sunday. Despite his perfection, Jesus was arrested, charged with a crime that he didn't commit, went through an unjust trial, and then was brutally murdered and executed through crucifixion. And just when it looked like the sinless Jesus was gone forever... And that he would rot in a grave. Well, three days after the day he was killed and buried, he rose from the dead. And that's what we were celebrating at Easter. So why couldn't death keep Jesus down? Let's think about that. Why couldn't death keep Jesus down? Well, the answer is because, like I said, he lived a sinless life. The Bible teaches that the wages of sin is death. When we sin, what we earn is death. Living apart from God, living apart and outside uh, you know, of his intentions for living, being the master of our own lives, ignoring his plans and his designs, that leads to death. It leads to death uh, for a person spiritually, and it leads to death eventually physically. But because Jesus was without sin, death couldn't hold him. The grave couldn't contain him. And that's why God the Father raised Jesus from the dead. Now, you may have a question. You may say, now, wait a minute. So you're saying that sin earns a person death, and Jesus was sinless. Why did he die then? Why did he die? Out of anybody that has ever lived, he did not deserve to die. Why did he die? Do you know why he died? He died for you. That's why he died. You see, the Bible teaches that Jesus' victory over sin and death can be our victory over sin and death. The Bible tells us that on the cross, Jesus took on your sin. 
everything that you have ever done wrong, every lie that you've told, every time you've gossiped about that person, every time you've hurt another person, every time you've ignored God and how you live. Jesus, when he was on the cross, all that sin was placed on him. Second Corinthians says this. Check this out. Second Corinthians 5.21. God made him, Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us. Jesus became our sin, and then he fully bore upon himself the punishment that you and I deserve. So think about that. With every person that spit on Jesus' face, with every lash that he absorbed, with every thorn of the crown that was shoved into his skull, with every mocking voice that insulted him, with the nails that pierced his hands and feet, with every drop of sweat that came out of his body, with every drop of blood that spilled from Jesus' body onto the ground, Jesus was absorbing the punishment you deserve. Why? Why would he do this? Why would the sinless one be treated, allow himself to be treated as the worst of criminals? To erase your sin debt so that you can be forgiven, so that you can be reconciled to God. You know what else Jesus accomplished on the cross? This is awesome. Not only did Jesus take away your sin... But the reason he went to the cross is not only to do that, but to give you his righteousness. And that's the second part of the verse I've read to you. Check this out. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. Now check this out. So that we might become the righteousness of God. The Bible tells us that when you repent, that means when you turn from living as your own boss and CEO and you turn back to Jesus and you come to him and you say, hey, I trust that your death paid for my sin and I am surrendering to you as my CEO of my life. The Bible tells us that his righteousness is transferred to our account, that our sin is transferred to his account, and his righteousness is transferred to our account. And so God the Father then views us as if we did everything that Jesus did, that we lived his perfect life. That we were courageous like Jesus, that we were compassionate like Jesus, that we were completely merciful like Jesus. That is how the Father views us when our trust and faith is in Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And guess what? If we have forgiveness and if our sin debt has been erased, are we any longer separated from God? No. That means God can come into our lives and start changing us from the inside out by the power of his Holy Spirit. And he can start to make us who he always created us to be. And that's happening in these individuals' lives here to my left. You're going to hear about it. You know what that also means? If our sin debt has been removed from us, can the grave contain us? No. Because it's the wages of sin that leads to death. 
we, like Jesus, when our faith is in him, will be resurrected from the dead to new life in Jesus' new world when he gets rid of sin and death forever. And so I ask you this morning, before we come up and we baptize these individuals, have you gone to God and have you repented of all the ways that you've hurt him and you've hurt those around you? Have you come to him and have you said sorry for the fact that you've been trying to find significance, you've been trying to find satisfaction, and you've been trying to find security in life apart from God? Have you put your trust in Jesus' perfect life and death to save you from your sin and to save you from the consequences of it? Have you allowed Jesus to come into your life and be your CEO, not just your consultant? Jesus doesn't want to be your consultant, right? He wants to be the chief executive officer of your life. Come to Jesus and find new life, real life, abundant life. You know, the people that are going to be coming up to the stage here in just a moment, to be baptized, they've repented and they have believed, right? They have turned away from a life that is a life apart from God, and they've turned to Jesus into having him at the helm of their life for the rest of their days. And they want to declare this morning that God is making you new, right? And you want everybody to know that God is making you new. And that he's changing you, right? You know, when we uh, put the, a person in water here for uh, baptism, when we submerge a person in water, this is a symbol. It's a picture. You know what it's a symbol and a picture of? That they are dying to that old way of life apart from Christ, right? They're dying to that. And their sin record is dying with them as well. And then... When we raise them out of the water, you know what that's a picture of? You know what that's a symbol of? That God is making them new, that they are being resurrected to new life, that they now have eternal life, that Jesus' righteousness has now been credited to their account. And that's why we do this. So you ready to get to it? I'm ready to get to it. Let me pray, and then we'll have you up here. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much uh, for this morning. I thank you so much for each person that is here. Lord, when I look at all these faces, I am reminded of how much you love each and every single person in this church this morning. Lord, and you desire to be their king. You desire to just totally renew and transform and change them. Lord, I pray this morning that if there is anybody here that has not surrendered their life to you and experienced the abundant life that only you can provide, that your spirit will work in such a way that it would convict them and that today would be the day that they say yes to you, that today would be the day that they start experiencing that eternal life that you promised to give that can start now and then ends up in the new world, free from sin and death forever, with you. 
and with your resurrected people. Lord, I pray as these individuals come up and they get baptized, I pray that you would empower them. I pray that they would sense, just like Jesus, you sense the Father being well pleased with you at baptism as he declared that over you, that these individuals would just know how much you are pleased with them. And that this would just be such a substantial marker in their spiritual journey, a marker that they'll always be able to look back to and say, that was the day I made my faith commitment to Jesus. Public, no turning back. It's in Jesus' name I pray.